We hear differently, we see differently, we talk differently, and we walk differently. We hear differently, we see differently, we talk differently, and we walk differently. We hear differently, we see differently, we talk differently, and we walk differently. We hear differently, we see differently, we talk differently, and we walk differently. Tell your neighbor right now, still right now today, you still are peculiar. If you don't know what that's from, you need to listen online from last week. You are still looking peculiar today. What do you see? I want to just kind of, we talked with, uh, about what we hear and what we see. I want to bring a little conclusion to the sea, and then we're going to talk, jump right into we talk differently and we walk differently. What do you see? As a believer, a person of faith, do you see a raven and a creek? Or do you see your water and your meat? Now, if you don't know what I'm talking about this morning, you need to read the Bible. Amen. I, I encourage you. And I understand that there's a lot of people that's not read the Bible. But I encourage everybody in this church to read the Bible. You'll find that in the story of Elijah in Kings. And you'll, you'll find beautiful stories in Samuel of David and Saul that I'm going to be talking about today. But what do you see? Do you see just a raven? And do you see just a creek? Or do you see your meatloaf and your Evian water? that God's going to provide for you. What do you see? Do you see a, a, a cloud the size of a man's hand or do you see the end of your drought? People live in drought because they don't see. you got to see, just like last week, I talked about faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. Why do people struggle in faith? Because they don't hear. You can come to church 40 years and not hear. You can read the Bible 50 years and not hear. Do you have ears to hear? you got to hear the word of God. It becomes a promise to you. And it's like God speaking to you. you got my word on that. That's what I'm talking about, hearing today. What are you seeing? Are you seeing an army surrounded you that you don't have hope, like the servant of Elijah? Or do you see the army surrounding that army that is way more on your side than on their side? What do you see? God wants to give you eyes of faith, ears of faith, eyes of faith. Do you see a hopeless situation in somebody's health? Or do you see that you can pray a prayer of faith on them and see their life change? What do you see? Are you with me this morning? I'm preaching pretty excited and passionate. And I'm getting kind of like, that's all right. That's all right. He's about a five this morning. Come on, come on. What do you see? You know I'm teasing, but what do you see? Do you see a, a widow at the, at the gate that's hopeless, gathering some sticks for her last supper with her son? Or do you see a woman that's going to be a, a provider for you in a drought, and then God's going to do a miracle through her life, and she's going to have this vessel of oil that doesn't run out until the end of the drought? What do you... Listen... People of faith see differently. We see with eyes of faith. We see with eyes of hope. We see with eyes of answer. Come on. We see through the eyes of God. What do you high five your neighbor and say, what do you see this morning? You might need to wake them up. Do you see a lost generation? 
Do you see a hopeless generation? When you run into someone that, 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 that doesn't know Jesus, do you see them as just lost and hopeless? Or do you see a person that is somewhere in the future and they look much better than they do right now? They're somewhere in the future and they look much better than they do right now. They're somewhere in the future and they look much better than they do. What do you see? What do you see at work? Oh, it's just my paycheck. Or do you see this is where God's put me to be salt and light? What do you see? God wants to give you eyes of faith. Fear tries to shut your eyes down and it's all about you, all about me, all about my, all about my pie. What do you see? Eyes of faith, man. God is moved by your faith. It's not the, the prayer of, oh, you have cancer. Oh, God bless you. That doesn't move the hand of God. The prayer of faith moves the hand of God. The prayer of faith. What do you see? Come on. Faith moves the hand of God. Faith opens the heavens Faith causes God to look and to hear and to find you. There's something. Don't think that God's not a rewarder. He is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. God loves you to expect. Are you expecting today? Are you living a, a life of expecting? Come on, a life of faith. What do you see? There was a young man that heard about this older gentleman that lived in a communal area and this older gentleman he was supposed to be extremely wise and and uh, someone that he had always heard about and wanted to meet with and he had a few questions for this older gentleman finally this young man went up to this communal and knocked on the guy's door brought him in and this older gentleman was sitting in his chair rocking and the young man says I, I got just three questions for you sir well what are they why is it that some people they never follow Jesus never just never have a relationship with God. Why is it, number two, some people follow Jesus for a burst, for a short period of time. They're excited after youth camp or excited after revival service or after a good message or for a season after they're born again and then they just fall away. But then there's number three, sir, someone like you that has passionately, zealously served God all the days of your life. Why? Can you tell me why? He's rocking in his rocking chair. Do you see my blue tick hound dog right there? Yes, sir. My blue tick hound dog one day saw a rabbit out the screen door. And my blue tick hound dog went running after that rabbit. Oh, 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 oh. You ever been around a hound dog? Anybody ever, you ever been around a blue tick or a red bone? How many has been around a hound dog? Oh, 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 oh. Oh, he's running after that rabbit. Just run after the rabbit. Before you know it, the other dogs in the community saw my dog running after the rabbit. And the next door, Chihuahua got involved. <laughs> running after my dog as he ran after the rabbit. And then the next door neighbors, Great Dane. Rawr! 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 Running after my dog as he run after the rabbit. And then the pit bull. Rawr! 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 All the dogs in the neighborhood was running after my dog as he ran after 
the rabbit. And before you know it, they were running all through the, I mean, they were driving the, the community crazy that day. They were running through the briars. They were running through the swamps, up and down the hills. And towards the end of the day, the hills got steeper and the blackberry bushes got thicker. And before you know it, the swamp got deeper. And as those dogs had started running after my dog as he ran after the rabbit, those dogs started falling to the wayside. All of a sudden, you heard the pit bull. And then the great day. Collie. Chihuahua. And at the end of the day, there was one dog running after the rabbit, my blue tick hound dog. Oh, 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 oh. Sir, that's a really good story. But what does that have to do with the questions that I ask you? The young man looked at him and says, you asked me the wrong question. You should have asked me, why did my blue tick hound dog continue to chase the rabbits when all the other dogs fell to the wayside? He said, okay, sir. Why did, my, why did your blue tick hound dog continue to chase the rabbit while all the other dogs fell to the wayside? He said, because of this. My dog saw the rabbit. My dog saw the rabbit. All the other dogs was chasing my dog. All the other dogs was chasing my bark. All the other dogs was chasing the buttocks of my dog. But they didn't see the rabbit. My dog saw the rabbit. What do you see? A young person coming back from camp and had a good, excited time. Unless you see the rabbit. No matter if you're 50, 80 years old, however old you are, and you go through a tough, troubled time in your life, unless you see the rabbit, what do you see this morning? Do you have eyes of faith that looks into the fourth dimension where God operates from? Or do you see only those things around you? We walk by faith. And not by. What do you see today? Number three. We talk differently. If you're here for the first time this morning, this is a second aspect of expect. That's why I'm on number three. You didn't miss anything. <laughs> well, you missed last week, but you didn't miss anything. Ex expecting. What we, 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 listen to me. We talk yeah. differently. As a believer, you talk. As a people of faith, a peculiar and unusual people, you talk. At least you better talk differently. Mark eleven twenty three says, For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. Let me repeat that again because you can just read through something and not get something. Let me, let me, let me, because you got to, you got to hear the word. You got to hear it. For surely I say to you, whoever says, whoever says, talking, whoever says to the mountain, be removed, 
be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart but believes that, that those things he says will be done he will have whatever he says say unto the mountain be thou removed be thou cast into the sea Say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. No more sickness, no more dying, death has lost its sting. When we come together in one accord, we give praises to the king. Giant slaying, we're expectating the defeat of the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimonies. Giants gotta flee. <laughs> when you say unto the mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea. Come on. We talk differently. We talk differently. Listen to Jonathan talk. Listen to Jonathan talk out of 1 Samuel 14, 6 and 7. Then Jonathan said to the young man who bore his armor, Come, let us go over to the garrison of these uncircumcised. It may be that the Lord will work for us. For nothing restrains the Lord from saving by many or by few. It's not how many you got or it's not how little you got. It's who's with you and who you know. It's knowing that if God before me, who can be against me? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. This is Jonathan talk. And, and, and his armor bearer talked cray cray just like Jonathan talked. So his armor bearer said to him, do all that is in your heart. Go then, here I am with you according to your heart. You say, well, you know, two little guys ain't going to pick a fight. You know, what's so bad? About Let me tell you where they're going. They're going all up into the enemy's camp. Look at, look at the army that they are facing. Listen to 1 Samuel 13, 5. It says, then the Philistines gathered together to fight with the Israel." 30,000 chariots. Here, here to, come on, tell your neighbor right now, hear up. Hear, hear, hear what I'm saying. 30,000 chariots, 6,000 horsemen, and people as the sand which was on the seashore in multitude. And they came up and encamped in Mishmash in the east of Beth Avon. Listen. That would be like in the Civil War having jets and tanks and 50 calibers. These guys have chariots. They have people, maybe a million more people. It's not unknown in the Bible. They're an army of the sands of the seashore. How many is that, that garrison? I don't know, but there's more than two. They're going against an army of people. What? Come on. What kind of talk do you have? People of faith, we talk differently. We talk differently. The only people that had weapons for the Israelites in that day was Saul the king and Jonathan his son. That was the only people that had weapons of war. Everyone else was like kind of like farmers, had picky sticks and stuff like that. And they're going against chariots. Come on. What do you talk? How do you talk? People of faith, we talk differently. 
Come on, we talk differently. The camp was saying, Woo! Big bad giant. There's a, there's a big bad giant in the land. Old Goliath is out there intimidating Saul, who was a, a big guy. Who, if there should have been a, a giant slayer amongst them, it should have been Saul. He was head and shoulders above everyone. I mean, he should have been a warrior. He should have been a giant slayer. And because of his intimidation, his whole army is intimidated. For 40 days, jungle breath Goliath comes out in the middle of the valley and he calls them on the carpet. And they're just, they dreadful and they're fearful and no one will fight against. Is Is there not a man? David comes down and says, what? What? Is there not a cause? Is there not a cause? The camp talk, Saul's talk, but then you have David's talk. Listen to David talk. For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Come on. Come on. You talk differently. If you don't talk differently, I prayed it after today. You talk differently. You talk differently. Come on, people of faith, we talk differently. Listen to Saul's talk. Listen to Saul's talk. And Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. What? <laughs> Listen to David talk. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, seeing he has defied the armies of the living God. All I need is some rocks. Give me some stones. And we'll start a song. We will, we will rock you. Give me some rocks. I don't, know, I don't need your squeaky battle gear. I don't need your sword. I need my sling and some five smooth stones, and, and we'll take this guy out. That's David's talk. Took him out. Sunk a stone right here. Didn't even have a sword with him. He takes Goliath's sword and cuts his head off. Come on. Come on. What do you say? What do you talk? You speak to the mountains or you're like, oh, the mountain's going to take me out. Say unto the mountain. Say unto the mountain. Here's the ten talk. The tens talk like this. Numbers 13, 32. They spread scary rumors among the people of Israel. They said, we scouted out the land from one end to the other, and it's a land that swallows people whole. Everybody we saw was huge. It's out of the message. You don't know the story there is where Moses sends out 12 scouts to spy out the land. You should read the story, Numbers 13. Oh, my. Are you part of the ten? Are you part of the two? What do you see? What do you hear? And what do you say? These ten are like, we're like crickets. We're grasshoppers. They're going to devour us. But listen to the two. I love the two. I love it when it's one because I know God plus one is the majority. 
It's the majority. Jonathan and his armor bearer knew that they were, hey, well, this ain't even fair. Y'all better go get some more army, boys. Because we got God on our side. What do you say? What's your talk like? Listen to Joshua and Caleb's talk. The land we travel through and explore is a wonderful land. And if the Lord is pleased with us, he will bring us safely into the land and give it to us. It is a rich land flowing with milk and honey. Wow. It's the promised land. What do you talk like? People of faith, we talk differently. King Nebuchadnezzar comes to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego wouldn't bow to the golden image, and King Nebuchadnezzar is raging. It's like he's having a road rage. He's so ticked off, and he goes to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. If you're ready, paraphrase, if you're ready to bow to the golden image, blah, 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 blah. You know what Shadrach, Meshach, that was his talk? Listen to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego's talk. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. Young people, people come to you and they go, well, why aren't you having sex with everybody on campus? You tell them, that's a stupid question. I have no need to answer that. Why aren't you smoking weed? I have no need to answer that. Well, let me pick on the older people. Well, why aren't you a porn addict? I have no need to answer that. That's a, that's a crazy question. Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they thought it was absurd. We don't even need to answer you, king, because you're asking us a crazy, you're asking us a crazy question. Goes on to say, if that is the case, our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from the burning, fiery furnace. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, come on, somebody, we talk differently. Think about it right now. You faced off with the king. He has the power to throw you in the fiery furnace and he's already turn it up turn it up way hot seven times as much he has the power what would you do we may be faced one day as christians if you see how the world's going around us what would you do <laughs> but if not we talk differently we talk differently, man. That's cray-cray talk right there. We talk. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we, will, we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you've set up. We talk differently. People of faith talk different. E Ezekiel, go and look over in that valley right there. That valley's full of dry bones. Come on, we talk differently. Ezekiel, you know what he says? Oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Amen. How many of you would go up in a valley somewhere and talk to some dry bones? Crystallite, white, skeleton bones. And Ezekiel began, hear, 
hear. So it's so important that you hear the word. Not just read the word. That's why I try to encourage people to meditate on God's word so that you can hear what God is saying. Even dried up white bones can hear the word of the Lord. And all of a sudden, those bones started rattling and shaking and elbow connected to the shoulder bone and the shoulder bone connected to the backbone. And all of a sudden, those bones became an exceedingly great army. Why? Because they heard the word of the Lord. But Ezekiel, man, he talked different. Prophesying to dry bones? If you have a situation in your life, I would say to that situation. I would speak to that situation. I would speak to that mountain in your life. You got a situation in your marriage. You got a situation in your health. You got a situation in your family. You got a situation in your business. I say, speak to the mountain. Say to the mountain. Say to the mountain. Speak to the mountain. Prophesy to the mountain. You may, well, J.O., you kind of radical. And this, kinda, this, is, this should not be radical. This is Jesus living. This is, this is Bible living. People of faith. Speaking God's word, the most powerful thing in the entire universe, that God keeps us together. I'm not flowing. My body's not probably going in a hundred different pieces right now because of God's word. I can't prove that, but I know his word is powerful. And he holds the universe together. He spoke it with his word. And it just, you think the word just stopped right there and said, let there be light? Let there be light? I think it's still, let there be light, 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 light. It's a living word. Blind Bartimaeus, his friend, said, hey, Jesus ain't got none for you. You sit right there. You've been a blind beggar all your life. You just sit there. Shh. Blind Bartimaeus, a man of faith, he said something different. You know what he said? Jesus! If you're new today, I know that I might scare you a little bit, but just get by. <laughs> just, just get all, get by all that. Get all, just hear the word of God today. Just hear, because you know what, blind Bartimaeus, blind Bartimaeus did something that nobody in this room has done. He stopped Jesus in his footprints. Whoa, that's what faith does. But now, I know that you may have stopped Jesus in the footprints in your prayers and whatever, but I'm talking about physically Jesus walking by, stopped him in his prints. Hey, bring him here. What can I do for you? I've been blind all my life. I just want to see. <laughs> your faith Amen. has made you whole. Amen. Two different people has mocked me because I say something. I remember it very clearly. I forgive them, but they still kind of mock me. Walk up to me and says, J.O., how are you doing? I says, man, I'm doing great. You're always doing great. I knew you were going to say that. Had another friend doing great. He just started mocking me. Good friends. They really are. Friends make mistakes. But I'm like, I am doing great. Thou hast taught me, it is well with my soul. Thou hast taught me, it is well 
with my soul. I am doing great. You, I lost my parents at eight years old, and I lost my sister at 17, and I about lost my mind when I was, you know, from probably the ages of eight to 21. Man, I was jacked up. Come on. On my worst day, with Jesus Christ, I am doing great. I was, I was on... I was on my way to hell, and now I'm on the stairway to heaven. I am doing great. Don't judge me. I am doing great. Listen, we talk differently. Power, life, and death is that. What are you going to do with it today? We don't just talk differently, we walk differently. For we walk by faith and not by sight. Now listen, I think that we turn that scripture around sometime. We walk by sight and not by faith. No, we walk by faith and not by sight. Let me, let me say something about three things I believe that faith is made up of three very, very vital elements. First one is what I've talked about earlier, your confession. Say that with me, confess. confess. It's, it's, it starts there. But God didn't want you. We're not Christians just to confess, to confess, to confess, to confess, and what we say to what we say, what we say, what we say. It doesn't stop there. I believe that confession is the conception of your faith. It begins, if a man believes in his heart and he confesses with his mouth, I believe that it begins with a confession and with our talk and saying to the mountain, that is all very, very important. We line ourselves up with God when we do that. But it doesn't start. That is just the beginning. And then there's believing. I believe in conception. Think about a, a lady who is pregnant. Some of you today are. I'm not picking on you. I'm just saying, okay, there's first the conception, and then there's the believing, which is at nine months, there's the birthing. I believe there's the birthing of faith. But God just doesn't want you to birth faith and conceive faith. God wants you to walk in the totality of your faith. I believe that confession and believing gets you somewhere. You see, God doesn't want you just to say, well, God, I, I think I'll build an ark. I believe in an ark. No, God wants you to say, here's my ark. God wants you to say, here's the head of Goliath. God wants you to be able to say, I stepped out of the boat and walked on water. Come on. God, it's not about just con confession or believing. It's about, listen to me, action. We walk by faith. We walk. We act. Be doers of the word, not hearers only. We hear and we do. We hear and we do. We hear and we do. If you want to walk, listen, if you want to walk a very exciting Christian life, not, not just coming to church, you know, you know, 45 minutes, two, two hours, whatever. And, and if you want to walk an exciting life, take it up a notch. Confess, believe, and act. Act. Step out of the boat. We're going to step out of the boat. Come on, step out of the boat. Because when you step out of the boat, 
and you're activating. Come on. Listen, that is what faith is all about. It may look like a woman walking right past all the disciples in a leper's house that walks up to Jesus, bawling her head off, lays, rolls out her black hair, cries in big hot crocodile teardrops, touches his feet, and she scrubs his feet with her hair, and the atmosphere is changed. She takes this alabaster worth more than a, a year's wages and breaks it, and all of a sudden the disciples are going ballistic. Hey, we could have given that to the poor. He's like, man, come on. She's anointing me for my death. And um, it could be the walk is different. We walk different. It could be a woman 12 years hemorrhaging completely hopeless she's went to every physician and she's gotten worse and she heard about Jesus and she crawled her way she shouldn't even be there man that woman was unclean and she touched the hem of Jesus and she was made whole her walk, listen, our walk is different. Though Elijah heard that there was going to be the abundance of rain, Elijah just didn't say, well, there's going to be abundance of rain. I confess it, I confess it, I confess it, I believe it, I believe it, I believe it. No! He climbed up Mount Carmel. He put his head between his legs. And he began to pray. And he would send his servant out seven times. Do you see a cloud? Finally, he saw a cloud the size of a man's head. That's not a big cloud. <laughs> but he prophesied, get ready, get ready, get ready. The rain's coming. King, you better run. The abundance of rain. It may, listen, our walk is different. Elijah followed Elijah everywhere. Elijah, I, I see Elijah the prophet like a cranky old man. Throws his mantle on Elijah, uh, Elisha. And, and, and then tells him to go back, go back, go back. Every time you see it, Elijah's going, go back. And Elijah's like, I ain't going back, man. I'm staying right here with you, bro. I'm, I'm with you. And then finally, the whirlwind comes. Horses and chariots. And there goes his master up into the wind. There's only a few guys that we can see, see in the Bible that just didn't physically die. Probably Moses, Enoch. Elijah, Jesus dead and alive forevermore. But this is cool. He's going up. Guess what happens? That same mantle falls on Elisha. And guess what Elisha gets? A double, oh, go with me. A double portion. Tell your neighbor, a double portion. A double portion. A double anointing. And he's like, oh, wow, I'm going to see if this thing really works. He goes up and he smacks some water and it splits in half. And then all of a sudden you start counting his miracles and you're like, hey, hey, he's, 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 he's shy one miracle. And one day there was raiders and they threw this body in on top of Elisha's body. And all of a sudden the body that touched Elisha's bones came alive. I'm talking about this brother had a double portion of anointing. Because we walk different. We walk different. I, I just try to encourage people to stop acting so normal as believers and walk in the Spirit and be who God's called. The day of normal Christianity and we just like, 
just normal, is over. You may call it radical. I call it the norm of the Bible. Will you stand to your feet?